felt this call to do more. And since I had the platform um, from The Bachelor, and like a big portion of that being nursing and like healthcare related, I, I just kept, you know, with the Me Too movement and the Time's Up movement, and I was just, it's like everything was hitting me in the face, like the huge disparity among healthcare professionals and the lack of female representation. And I wanted to create, I was like, and it just kind of like hit me. I was like, I want to create a space where for women, where they can discuss their their journeys, their stories through medicine, because like everybody's got a story. Everybody has something that another person might be able to relate to. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back, everybody. That clip was from our guest of the show today, Danielle Maltby. She is the founder of the WOMED podcast. She is a former NICU nurse, now nurse entrepreneur, podcaster, social media curator, and quite possibly the kindest soul with a fiery edge. You guys are really in for a treat today. So for those of you who are new to the show, my name is Tori Meskin. I am the founder of the Nurse Tori Selfie Show, where I am on a mission to make healthcare hip one selfie at a time. This is a platform dedicated to the fascinating people in the healthcare space. From medical field providers to entrepreneurs, this is a platform designed to share career journeys, life tips, resource tricks, and getting to know the person behind the journey. Last week, many of you know, I opened up about some of my personal mental health struggles and giving you a little more behind the scenes of my own mental health anxieties and feeling of inadequacy and honestly just getting real human here. We've also opened up on this platform about my family struggles with bipolar disease and I've dabbled in my own struggles with anxiety and nurse burnout, but I really just feel this is a topic we need to hit head on and I wanted to hit it on with someone who has fashioned a life of service and brand building to create a life she loves, pushing through those burnout hurdles. So on this episode, I spoke with the founder of the WOMAD podcast, Danielle Maltby. She has created a platform for the female representation in the healthcare space, a place for women to talk about their stories through medicine. She's a former NICU nurse turned nurse entrepreneur, podcaster, and social media curator. We also get into her experiences being featured on The Bachelor in Paradise And on this episode, we really get into the nurse experience, sort of a different side of the NICU dynamics of NICU nursing, burnout, and also shifting into new roles. We dive into Danielle's social media starts, modeling, overcoming tragedy, and crafting the life you love. So without further ado, let's dive in. Danny knows this. I have, I've really been chomping at the bit to get you on this podcast so how's everything going? Um, it's going pretty good. I think my cat's pretty done with me. She's, I mean, she loves me, but you know, I think she's annoyed with seeing my face all the time. Um, but, I've, um, so like the clinic I was working in had to close its doors. Um, and so I've been, I've been quarantined, um, for like a month and a half. So it's, I mean, I'm lucky everyone in my building, my apartment building and stuff, we've all been quarantined for that long. So um, we've started like venturing to each other's apartments, just like one on one. Um, And 
and like at least seeing faces that way. Not like multiple apartments, just like my one like really good friend that's in here. Um, but yeah, lots of lots of Netflix. Been working on my podcast a lot. Um, so it's it's I'm trying to make a lemonade out of lemons. Yeah, so and so. <laughs> You're living in Nashville, correct? Are you originally from there? Uh, yeah, so I live in Nashville. Um, no, I'm a Wisconsin girl, born and raised. I love Wisconsin, but the winters in Nashville are way more tolerable. Way, way, way better. Yes, they don't last six months. So, so I am really fascinated by people's journeys, and I feel like you're just someone that I'm really drawn to in general, and I really oh. want to dive into sort of the girl behind the account. How do you? How would you define yourself right now? For people who don't know you, you know, you're, how would you define yourself at this point? I always say nurse first. Um, I think the whole social media aspect, I mean, like if I didn't need it (laughs) and feel like um, I had to use it for, you know, education or things like that, I, I wish I didn't have to be on social media because that comparison game, like it, it affects everybody. But no, definitely nurse first. Even um, when I decided to step away from the bedside, I still, you know, I had people being like, well, how do you feel now that you're not a nurse anymore? And I'm like, did you take away my license? Like, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, I'm, I'm still a nurse. Like, I still have the ability to help take care of people. Um, so I, yeah, I've always seen and felt myself to be like a healer of sorts you know like I knew my path was going to involve taking care of people from a very young age can you give a little bit about your background where did your life journey start um how did it did you know you want to become a nurse so I grew up in Wisconsin uh I was kind of my nickname as a kid was Dr. Danny you know anytime any one got hurt um I was always there like, do you need like an ACE wrap? You know, I'd wrap people's ankles. I'd put Band-Aids on people. Um, And I think it was probably, I was in sixth grade when my grandfather passed away. And I just remember sitting there and knowing like the level of care I personally felt from the nurses in the hospital taking care of him was like, wow, they're like they're loving on my grandpa right now and they're also taking care of my family um and I was really touched by that and I've I've always been um I've always felt called to take care of kids um and it kind of it just kind of sat with me you know I remember being in high school being like no I'm gonna be a nurse like, I'm going to be a pediatric nurse. Yeah. Did you always know you wanted to be a NICU nurse specifically? No, I did not know really about the world of NICU. Um, and uh, junior year of college. And I applied for an internship and I got it in the NICU. Um, and I fell in love with it. I was like, this is it. I love these little babies. There's they're so intricate. It's there's so much to learn. And I just I fall in love with it. Um my senior practicum I did in pediatrics and um 
I loved that as well, but it just wasn't as strong of a pull as it was to NICU. And I had always been drawn to labor and delivery too. Um, and NICU combined both those things. So like even as an intern, I was shadowing in the delivery room. And so like getting to see like life just come into the world was you, that is one of the most incredible special things. And to be able to experience that anytime I went to work was just like, this is the coolest thing. Um, so I applied to Children's Hospital of Wisconsin and a couple of other NICUs and, um, Children's offered me a job and I was completely blown away. Uh, every, I worked as a CNA to, um, on like a med surge floor through college and I was dying from that. I was like, I, there is no way in hell I can do this. Like I'm going to hate nursing if I have to do something that I don't like and my back and my wrists and like everything already hurts. And, um, I, it also didn't help that the, that the hospital that I did work as a med surge tech at was, you know, the CNAs did everything. We did everything but pass meds. And we had double the patients that the nurses did. And it just was one of those things I never felt that supported in that area. Um, so I, I remember where I was when I got the call offering me a job at Children's. And I was like, holy shit, this is amazing. I'm just so excited that I did not have to go through med surge. Um, but I also took the opportunity to job shadow in a NICU to in children's NICU. Um, and I wrote thank you cards. If I can say anything, like the best advice I can give new grads or people looking for a job in any unit that you're really passionate about, job shadow and make it a point to write a thank you card. Like not an email, like a personalized thank you card. And so I sent one to the unit and I sent one to the unit specifically to um, the nurse that I had shadowed. And it's like those little things show how passionate you are and also how kind and like gracious you are for these opportunities. So I think that's a huge part of it. Um, Just going that extra mile to really show that you want to be there. I mean, that's a mm-hmm. huge piece of it. It also shows that you'd go the extra mile for your patients too. So what did you, your early career days look like for you as a NICU nurse? Like if you could kind of sum up a little bit of, you know, your beginning NICU days and starting as a NICU nurse. Oh, I was terrified in a good way. My very first day as a NICU nurse, um, the only patient on room air was a fresh gastro. My preceptor became a a really good friend of mine. Um, And she was like, listen, I know this is not what I would have picked for you, but this is the only patient on room air and you are going to get the full scope today. So if you're okay with that, I know you're probably scared. You can follow along. You could just shadow for today, but it's also a great experience for you. So Literally, I mean, you know the thing with gastros. Um, It ended up coming back, going to the OR, coming back siloed. So I got to see all of that happen. Yeah, and that's that's kind of what makes the NICU nurse, right? It's like those those are the experiences that 
like push you to be the best nurse you possibly can anyway. I mean, yeah. So um, I remember being very scared the first time I had a baby Brady and that needed to be bagged. I was like, oh my God, here we go. Something bad's going to happen. But I think it's also really important as a new nurse, especially in the NICU field, to have that sense of fear, you know, like because that makes you cautious and that makes you ask questions. I think a little bit of fear. I think, I mean, I don't know, especially when you're working in a level four NICU, it's just, you just never know what's going to happen. You know, babies have a really funny way of being totally okay. And then in a flip of a switch, they're not. Yep flip of a switch it's just it's things happen so fast what do you think are good qualities of a NICU nurse someone who knows they don't know everything someone who um really wants to keep learning and views each day as a um as a new opportunity to learn someone who isn't afraid to ask questions um and who isn't afraid to question um and by that I mean like not not being afraid to ask something you don't know, but then also question an order or question why they're doing something and why not try something else. You know, oftentimes we're dealing with residents, new doctors who, you know, are... Oh, yeah, July. New. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Good old June, July. So, you know, it's you are, you're dealing with people who are new to this world and order things, Mm -hmm. wrong dosages or wrong routes or wrong times. You know, I mean, that's a very real part of our job. I actually, this is kind of funny. Um, It was maybe like the second week in July and we had a a new crop of of residents and stuff in. And this one guy comes in, he goes, can you tell me what babies you wear gloves for? (gasps) And I looked at him and I said, all of Every them. Every single one. <laughs> and take off your watch and take off anything from the elbows down. Yeah. yeah. It was so sweet. And he's like, oh, okay. <laughs> the worst part is when a doctor wants to go into your isolate with like n- no gloves, no, not washing their hands. You're like, are you serious? You're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, my God. No, I had um, – a surgeon come in and poke around on a fresh and phallocele mm. and then not wear gloves <laughs> and not wash his hands as he left. And I was like, sir, are you going to wash your hands? And he reaches to go and grab the hand sanitizer. I was like, you just touched a fresh and phallocele. Oh, what are you thinking? <laughs> I was like, you need to wash. This is a true story. Oh, I was like, God. you need to wash your hands. He was not my favorite I, I just, uh, you know. No, 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 no. <laughs> You're like, no, 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 no. So going mm-hmm. a little micro into this, what is your what was your favorite part of being a NICU nurse? If you had to like pin it down to like one thing that you're like, yes, this is what I loved about it. This sounds super sick, but I loved the the really sick admits. Ooh. You know, I loved getting um, I love that. I loved a train wreck. Yes. I I loved getting them situated. I loved having the parents come in and then being like and just having that moment with them, be like, I know you're scared right now, but I'm going to tell you everything that is attached to you, your child right now, and I'm going to tell you what these numbers mean, and then I'm going to tell you to ignore that and focus on your child. I love that. It's funny. Similarly, but not too similarly, I think mine would be fresh post-ops. 
Oh, love a good fresh post up. Yeah, like that's, I think that's just, it's funny because I, you know, I mean, preemies, I love preemies, but preemies, you know, the course after a while, you know, it's Mm kind of like you get used to what they're going to do and their course and then, but a fresh post op from any surgery, I just feel like it's just, it's fun. It's like, yeah, I loved, um, I love a good surgical kid. Um, micro preemies were never my thing. Um, I... I mean, I love them. I appreciate them. I am happy to take care of them. I love this, the science behind it and like having to monitor all the drips and stuff like that. But it's it also can be so difficult to keep lines and stuff stuck to the slippery little skin. And once they hit like, you know, the 28, 26, 28 week, I like, I like that. But I also, I just felt bad. We we made this switch to bubble CPAP and like so many people would just shove those prongs up their I nose know. and like everything would be like tight to their face. And I was like, we are causing major damage here. It does not need to be that tight. <laughs> you're like, drop it on. Yes. Or the prongs would be too big. And I was like, you just. <laughs> yeah. No, I know. So, I mean, maybe yeah. that's kind of leading into this. So what's, do you feel like there's a hard part of the NICU? Like, what do you feel like the hardest part for you? Man. I I used to view um, things like, you know, when you'd have to like withdraw patient care as as like a like an act of mercy. Like I feel like that um, it was always like the toughest part, like without a doubt. Or sending babies home to families that you know weren't good social situations. Um, and you worry about those babies for the rest of their lives. We get a lot of that, I think, and whether it's moms who are clearly going through abuse, whether it's moms that are drug abusing, whether it's absentee parents or parents who clearly are in over their head with diagnoses. Yeah, I mean, we see a lot of that in the NICU. And one thing I used to do um, before, like, my patients would go home or, you know, I had... I had them for like a, I don't want to say the Q word, but like for like a quiet night. And I would take those moments to just, I mean, like before my shift would end, I'd just be like, hey, dude, (laughs) you are loved in this moment, even if you might not be later in life, but you are loved right now. And I know that you have the capability to be good and do big things. And I'm just... I'm telling you that now. So you've at least heard it at one point. So I, you and I, I think resonate really strongly on this particular topic. And this is also why you made a post on your Instagram. I don't know, it was quite a few months back, but it was sort of speaking directly to your experience with burnout and just really opening up about that and I think that's part honestly one of the reasons I was so drawn to you was I was like whoa like this particular message really sat with me and I really wanted to go into that a little bit because I think that's something that we really don't talk about because you know here we are working in the most vulnerable population and you know we love what we do but at the same time can you explain those feelings from or that emotion from your perspective it's something that had really started to weigh on me um it's one of those things where after you have your first 
um, patient pass, you never think that you're going to forget that. You never think that you're going to forget these faces or these names. Um, because as NICU nurses, you know, we, we put so much love into, into our patients, into their families. And after, you know, I worked, um, in the NICU for 12 years and I hit a point where I was like, I don't remember them anymore. And I was going through some personal things in my life, um, that were very emotionally draining. Like I literally was at a point where I had nothing left to give and it just kind of all compounded on itself. And I was like, I can't, I was charged one night and I had to have backup charge go in to assist with, um, the withdrawal on a patient. Cause I was like, I just, I can't, like, I don't, I did not have the emotional capability to be the, the best version of myself for this family and for this patient and for that nurse that was taking care of them. So, um, and I, I was like this, like, I need a break. Like I need to stop before I hate it, before it, before I can't ever conceive of going back. So, um, I made that choice to, to step away from the bedside and I did not do that with, um, with a lot of ease. Um, but I know it was the, the right path for me. Um, well, and I think that's a really, I think, admirable part of you because I think that that's, I mean, Burnout is such a deep, real feeling that you get, and it's hard to explain to someone who hasn't been it, but mm-hmm. when you literally feel like you don't have anything emotionally to give, it's it's tough. It's really hard. It is, and it's something that nurses really struggle with is that, like, there's this whole concept of, you know, nurses are angels. We are the warriors. We do what everyone else can't do, and we internalize that. And that's what makes getting, I feel like, and I I could be wrong, but I feel like that's what makes it difficult for a lot of nurses, a lot of healthcare providers to not practice what they preach and not get the help that they need. Um, Because we're, we're supposed to be stronger than everyone else. We're supposed to be tougher than everyone else. We're supposed to be able to do what everyone else can't do. And, and just because you need a break or something very human affects you like that's that's a human reaction like we're we're all human and we honestly if we want to be able to take care of our patients the best that we can we have to be able to take care of ourselves too yeah yeah 100 percent. that's that is a huge part of being a NICU nurse is being able to do that and being, you know, I mean, I can resonate so strongly with that feeling that you had of just needing to step away. And Mm -hmm. especially before you feel like you are so done with it, you know, I mean, I'm shifting and I feel like I know so many NICU nurses who've gone through this as well, where you just feel like you need to shift into something just to sort of ease a little bit of that burnout yeah. for sure. Yeah. And every so, hospital has their politics, you know. And yeah. It, I think that's a big part of it, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We need, we also need to feel supported in our work environments. 
And that's one thing I, I will say. Um, I mean, I didn't do any patient care except for um, uh, a like a, a health mission trip, but um, for 11 months, I did not do any patient care. And I really started feeling that like itch, you know, to get back to do something to give some piece of myself. And I was strongly considering going back to the NICU, but I was like, am I really ready for that yet? Like, I love the high intensity, high acuity patients, but am I ready for the days that I have to, you know, help a family like withdraw or when we can't give another dose of epi, you know, we can't, and that baby has passed and I have to do foot molds or take pictures, you know? Um, and I was like, I'm really, I'm not like, I, I never saw as much as I love the NICU. I never saw myself as a lifer there. Um, and I admired all of those nurses so much, but it just kind of, there was something else for you, you know, you grow yeah, like you grow to different parts in your life and say like a different opportunity comes up or there's another thing that you've always wanted to try. I'm a big believer in like don't put yourself in a box. Like if there's something, some part of you that's like, wait, I've always wanted to try this. I don't want to live my life with any regret. Life is way too short. So I say try those things. Balance those things with your life. Like you have to find that work-life balance, you know, but like take the opportunity, try something new. I, I think that um, resonates so strongly with me and that actually leads up to, so let's talk about maybe your step out of the NICU. Were there things that were drawing you mm-hmm. when you decided to leave? Um, how did this process all happen? So when I left the NICU bedside, I knew I needed to have something else. Like I didn't want to just leave and not do anything. Um, and a lot of, a lot of people from the bachelor had started podcasts, but like, I was always very weary of my voice. You know, I like, I never like to like make anybody too angry, but I also have very strong viewpoints <laughs> on things, but I didn't want to start another bachelor podcast. Like we don't need another one of those. Like we don't need another platform gossiping and talking about, an edited TV show, which is totally fine. There's a lot of great ones, a lot of fun ones out there. You know, I have my guilty pleasures too. But I've always felt this call to do more. And since I had the platform um, from The Bachelor, and like a big portion of that being nursing and like healthcare related, I... I just kept, you know, with the Me Too movement and the Time's Up movement, and I was just, it's like everything was hitting me in the face, like the huge disparity among healthcare professionals and the lack of female representation. And I wanted to create, I was like, and it just kind of like hit me. I was like, I want to create a space where for women, where they can discuss their their journeys, their stories through medicine, because like everybody's got a story. Everybody has something that another person might be able to relate to and just really lift them up and like brag on them, you know, be like, you're doing this. That's super fucking awesome. Keep going with it. You know, like I just wanted to show everything that women were doing in this field. You know, I, 
and it's been so cool. It's been so fun. It's so amazing. So I would consider, for people who don't know, Danny, I consider you one of the top, I would say, nurse entrepreneurs. You're a social media curator. You have 330,000 people following you on Instagram. You have a humongous 60K Twitter following. And you've created this podcast, The WOMED, for those of you who are listening it's amazing. And you are bringing on some of the most premier women in healthcare that have a social media uh, presence. And I think that's important. I think the the idea for the podcast really started to take shape um, after I had gone to Peru with Figs. Um, And I had met Danny Levesque, who is one of my dear, dear friends. And I just, I loved how poignant she was and how opinionate, opinionated and I she was doing so much with her platform that I was like this is badass what if we combined our forces um and because Danny has such a a huge medical following that she has spent so much time curating I have you know my bachelor following that is a handful of, of nurses and healthcare-related people, too. And I was like, what if we combined forces? And I called her, and I was like, what do you think about this? <laughs> what what should we call it? Like, would you want to join this with me? I think you would be, like, the perfect person for this. She honestly was the only person I thought of. And um, so we created the WOMED together. And she'll say that I did. But... Um, and I'll own it. I mean, like I did, I came up with the idea and stuff, but like she really, the moment wouldn't be where it was today, where it is today. If it, if it weren't for her and her input and tenacity, I just love that girl so much. So, um, yeah, I just, I, again, like I wanted to create a space for women to feel empowered and show all the awesome things that they were doing. And, Initially, we started off, you know, when you're trying to grow something, you need you need people that um, can, I mean, advertise, so to speak, you know, so I guess that's why um, initially I had a bunch of, I asked a bunch of um, like medical professionals that had larger followings um, if they would be interested in it because not just because of of their following, but because of what they were doing, what they were speaking out against, um, their careers, and and that all just helped. You know, it's like word of mouth passing along on social media. So now I'm really trying to. Obviously, I still want people that um, everyone's kind of, you know, may or may not have heard of. You know, that has. Um, like a following, but I also am having other professionals and stuff on that that don't, but you know, maybe they're part of an organization that I'm really passionate about. Um, so it's it's just been such a cool experience. I've really had to step out of my own comfort zone. You know, Danny calls herself my security blanket, and she definitely was. So when she decided to step down, from it, I was, I was terrified. You know, I was like, Oh my God, what am I going to do? I can't do this on my own. And I was like, why am I talking to myself? Yeah, it's hard. (laughs) It's hard. I mean, I'll say I'm, you know, just started here, you know, I'm far behind you, but it is a dynamic where it's very scary to be opening yourself up in a whole new way. 
Like, yes, you're going raw. You're letting people into a whole new side of you. And you're really opening up to the fact that people may not like you. You may be saying things that irritate people. You may be, you know, opening yourself up to a whole new realm. And it's scary. And it is so nice to have someone to bounce off of. Um, you know, I'm sure, but you're doing such an amazing job. But I totally feel you because it's it's a different kind of dynamic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely is. But I have thankfully an amazing team that I work with um, that helps me edit, helps me with ideas and ads and all that stuff. You know, like I've really had to learn to delegate, but I'm also one that's delegating in nursing was always really difficult for me, but like in a field that I'm so, so new in, I'm, I'm a baby in this world. I like, I'm not afraid to ask for help. I'm not afraid to be like, Hey, I don't understand how to do this. Is there any way we can work together and help each other? So speaking of which, so at this point, you know, between your Instagram and now the podcast, I'm assuming obviously your goal wasn't money. What was your goal when you started all this? Do you think it's just to kind of create this community or? Um, I'm not going to lie. When I got off the show and started getting all of these followers and I was like, I don't want to do all this stuff. Um, and people are like, hey, we'd like to send you this and have you post about it. Or, hey, we'd like to work with you and, and this. I was like, Man, y'all, my student loans have been hanging over my head for a yeah. long ass time. So <laughs> as long as I real talk like here. the product and believe in the products, then yeah, I'll I'll post about these products. Uh, you want to pay me for these? Fuck yeah. I've got <laughs> shit ton of student loans that no nursing salary is ever going to be able to get rid of. So yep, 100%. real talk. <laughs> You're real talk here. But I still worked at the bedside. After I got off the show, a lot of people are like, all you girls just like quit in social media stuff. And I was like, uh, no. Nah. I went back to the bedside. I literally took a week off when I got off the show to like decompress and figure my shit out. And like a week and a half later, I was back on the unit and people were like, so where have you been? And I'm like, nowhere? Like, we saw on Reality Steve. I was like, nah, he got that shit wrong. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, okay, I wait. On the show. So I know there's going to be a lot of questions about this, so I want to hit it head on. So Bachelor in Paradise, can you talk a little bit about that? <laughs> Go into that a little bit. All right, it is no secret that I love life hacks. The ones that help improve my mindset, nurse practice, and help me especially during grad school. It is also no secret that I struggle with concepts in a book. I'm a very visual and auditory learner who needs engagement and to learn things in a stimulating way. That is why I am beyond excited to share this study hack with you guys and is honestly something I wish I knew about in nursing school. I am talking about Picmonic. Picmonic is an audio visual learning platform. It was established in 2011 by two medical students to help students retain and recall large amounts of facts studied in medical school. And since then, they have expanded to all walks of healthcare, including RN, NP, PA, LVNs, And let me tell you guys, this is ridiculously efficient. It will help you memorize concepts faster, use repetition with quizzing and mnemonic tactics to help you retain concepts. So let's get micro on how I use this. So first I go through my lectures. I listen to them and grasp the big concepts. 
Then I go back and trace the concepts with Picmonic. I watch and listen to the topic and then perform the practice questions. Later throughout the week, I pull out my handy dandy Picmonic app so I can practice questions on the go. I'll do a few practice questions each day to help solidify concepts and to keep those concepts in my mind nice and fresh. Truly, I cannot express to you how much this program is a lifesaver for me. And if you're interested in trying out Picmonic, head down to the show notes and click the link for 20% off your subscription. If you are also on Insta following me, the link is provided in my bio. Thank you very much, Picmonic, for sponsoring this episode. And let's get back to the show. Um, The Bachelor, Bachelor in Paradise was such an unbelievable ride. I, again... When an opportunity presents itself, life is too short. I've experienced the shortness of life firsthand. I was engaged. I lost my fiance. And it took me a really long time to be like, not only is it okay to live my life for me again, but I should. And like, that's not something to feel guilty about still wanting to do things. And I... I was like, what, what haven't I done? What have I always wanted to do? And initially that was, you know, I never thought I could be a model. So I was like, well, life's too short. I'm going to do things that scare me because I want to experience everything. I don't want to have any regrets. And um, modeling and stuff led me to honestly gain some self-confidence back. Um after that happened because, you know, NICU, being in the NICU was one thing that my um, late fiance was so proud of me for. He was like, oh my God, that's the coolest thing ever. And I was in a place where I was very angry about anything that he loved. (laughs) So it took me a minute to um, fall back in love with NICU and with nursing. Um, But as far as, you know, bachelor and stuff like that. I honestly had never really thought of it as something that could actually happen. And I was sitting at lunch with um, one of my friends one day and she's, and I'm like, what are you doing? Get off your phone. Cause we were just talking about like a, yet another man who had disappointed me. And she's like, she's like, do you like this picture? And I was like, yeah, I like this picture. Why do you have it? She's like, I'm submitting you for the bachelor right now. And I was like, you are not like, what the hell are you doing? So they ended up calling me like a week later and I was like, and I just was like, you know what? I'll entertain this. Let's see. I don't know if this is something I could really do. If I like some guy, I don't want 30 other women going after him. Um, but I also was and always have been a huge, uh, a huge romantic, a huge believer in love. And um, I was like, well, maybe this is, maybe this is something I'm supposed to be doing right now. You know, uh, maybe this is where I fall in love. I was actually there for the right reasons, people, but it just, that was an opportunity that really opened, opened my world up. Like it, like someone just like kicked down the door to this whole Instagram platform, you know, make money off, like using my voice to like influence people and you know I mean places like you know volunteering in places uh like Africa or Peru or you know going around the world um and serving medically was something that I've always 
always had a heart for, always wanted to do, always knew that I would do. And it honestly wasn't until my time on the show when I gained some, you know, relevancy that I, that those types of like opportunities opened. And, and I was like, oh my gosh, okay, well, I have this platform. I'm going to use it for good. I'm going to speak out about, you know, real things that are bothering me. But, you know, I'm also, I'll throw in a bikini pic every now and then because it's But you can do both. That's the thing is like, I think that we have this stigma that we can't do that or that nurses are so perfect, you know, this like image of how we should be. And I love that you're breaking that mold, like you're Mm -hmm. breaking it. And it's refreshing. It's so amazing. I mean, I'm here for it. (laughs) So well, thank you. So, I mean, I think, I mean, opportunities like that, that's huge. So, after you did this, um, can you speak about that, the trip you did with figs? Is that correct? Yeah. So, um, I have a brilliant, amazing, wonderful best friend who also has a social media company and that she is like built from the ground up. She is one tough, pure-hearted, awesome human. Her name is Kaylee Sisson. Her um, agency just really works, and it's it's her, uh, works on building brands and trying to help people. Like, she has such a heart for service, and that's something that we really combined on. And <clears throat> I was getting all these offers for, you know, different scrub companies, and would you wear these? Would you post in them? And I found figs, and I was like, honestly, I just... First, I loved how they looked, and I was like, these are so sharp, they're so tailored. And then I like started to learn more about them and their mission and um, like all, all the work that they were doing. And uh, Kaylee contacted them, and they were bachelor fans and graciously invited me into the Figs family. Um, and they were talking about doing um, like their first influencer <clears throat> medical-based trip, you know, because all of FIGS's people are all medical healthcare professionals, whether it's, whether they're veterinarians or dentists, docs, nurses, techs, physician assistants, you know, respiratory therapists, you name it. Um, and they invited me to go along with them to Peru. And I was like, well, I've never been to South America. Another opportunity. I'm going to take it. I want to you know, help people everywhere. You know, I want to offer whatever I have to give to, um, to, to anybody. Um, and so that trip came along and I, um, I met Heather and Trina, the CEOs. I met Alex and Danny and Michelle and Madeline. And it was such a unique experience. We just, we all bonded. We all like grew together to this like tight unit. And I just love them. I love the mission. I, I was like, no, like y'all I'm sold. Like not only are these the best scrubs, but like you guys are actively working to better and change the world. So I am continuously grateful to um, to be working alongside them. Yeah. So it's a community. It's such a cool well, and that's part of what I love about all of this um, as far as like social media goes and healthcare providers is it's kind of becoming like its own little family. I mean, despite all of this, the pandemic, I think the one thing that I've 
learned from or seen is so many providers on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter who are kind of coming together. And it's such a cool like experience to, you know, get to see people like what I love about you. And I think the platform, what I think is so cool is you've created this huge platform where you can speak in a time like this, right? Where people need to hear these things, where people need to understand from the provider's perspective, to hear the woman influence, to hear the stories that we've been through, and you're platforming that. And I think a lot of these companies um, and, you know, meaning like Figs and Cherokee and Barco and and then on top of that, all these providers who are starting to platform what they do. I think that's so amazing. And you, I would, I would, I would put you as a leader in that space, be, just as someone who has such strong influence. And I think it's so great that, you know, this is where it's going and you're leading in that space. Well, I really appreciate that incredibly high praise. I feel like there's a lot more that I could be doing. And I feel like it's it's difficult with my personal following that it's like not everybody is a medical person, you know? So it's like if I bump and it's all, it's all a stupid numbers game. Social media is just a stupid numbers game sometimes. But if I just post about one thing, you know, it alienates a bunch of my other followers and then they unfollow but it can also start to gain traction depending on the post and, you know, grab the attention of, of other people and like expose more people to my account. But <laughs> it's one of those things I don't feel like I deserve that that high praise because there's so many other nurses and the um, nurse influencers and doctors and stuff in this field that have truly dedicated that space for education and I would love to be on par with them um but I will continue to use my platform use my voice in whatever way that I can but it's it's such a balance game it is it's a big balance game that kind of goes into the best part worst part of social media do you feel like like the best part for you, what do you feel has be, been a good part? You know, because mm-hmm. there's there's good and yeah. there's bad. <laughs> so that's a real. Um, I think the best part has just been able to uh, connect with more people, um, to <clears throat> bring more issues and different um, things to, to light that like the normal person might not know anything about. Um, like when I exploded on social media with my you need to stay at home like hospitals are like are people are dying like I was so mad that day and I was like you know what this like I can't I can't keep silent on this like this needs to be out there I was able to connect with a lot of people through that and and hopefully my message was heard and it was shared a ton so like hopefully that just like got out to like more and more people to just how real this was and how much we needed to be careful and that's kind of I think what I I love and it's it's interesting because I think you were probably one of the forefront nurses to really get on social and you saw this opportunity and I think it's interesting because I agree with you I think it's 
times like this where having someone in the healthcare field on you know, in social media is important. I mean, I think it's important. That's where people are, right? I mean, like I'm turning off, we don't even have cable TV anymore. Um, I mean, that's, and to be honest, it is, it is difficult to get anybody on any platform, but I do think (laughs) it's really important for us as providers and also as women. And I, I love that you platform such strong women on your platform and, you know, and it's funny because I hear it in your voice, like you're kind of doing the, I don't know if I'm doing enough. And I'm like, that's such a nurse to say that. Like you were, you know, kind of just being like, I don't yeah. know if what I'm doing stuff. I'm like, girl, you are killing it. So no, you are platforming all the things that I think people, you know, should hear from us in healthcare. And you're also creating this amazing platform for women. So I do feel like that's the nurse in you where it comes out and it's like, mm, yeah. I'm not doing enough. And it's like, no, 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 no. You are killing it. I mean, How can we change that thinking though? Because I know I'm not the only nurse that does that. Right, right. Like how can the martyr, the martyr thinking, we're all guilty of Ugh, it. I know. I mean, it's funny because that you bring that up too in your social media is, um, so when I started doing a little bit of the blogging, I initially niched down into NICU blogging and quickly mm-hmm. realized that I just that's not You've done a great job with that by the way thank you so informative it's it's well, it's really you've done a great job with that. I appreciate that thank you but it's it is one of those things where I agree with you that um I don't want to alienate and I also or niche down to harden one thing because I think it just mm-hmm. I'm more of a lifestyle person, which is why I'm really drawn to your account. I love the lifestyle. I love that's what I'm drawn to. And I think I it's hard because it is a balance. And I understand that fully where you're like, OK, I want to be real about who I am and I want to have this artistic fun outlet and then also Mm -hmm. I'm a provider so it's like that balance and learning that balance is you know it's a learning curve but I think you do it so amazingly so well thank you Tori appreciate that Um, I really I really do yeah I really appreciate that so I mean I feel like I'm I'm here for all of those amazing things so (laughs) um is there anything you want to myth bust about for people who want to move into Ugh. social media space? Or is there a anything lot of, that you think? Okay, this is true. And I'm really sorry to all the people who have this name. But some of the meanest people that have messaged me have all been named Karen. And I'm really sorry. There's plenty of nice Karens out there. But it's true. It's a real thing. There are a lot of really... I don't, I don't know what makes a lot of Karens so mean, but I really hope, you know what, I'm going to send some love out to all the Karens right now. Sorry, Karens. And a lot of the people that are the meanest, not just named Karen, also have God first written in their bios. Oh God, I know. There's a lot of the righteous things. I think also, um, I mean, on my end, which I'm, I'm by no means, I'm a thousand percent smaller than you, but I will say, people will say sometimes the meanest things in DMs. I'm like, where where do you get off? Like, I am a person. Yeah. Like, there's a person behind this account. Oh, I've snapped back at a bunch of people. I'm like, would you honestly say that to my face? Would you come up to me and be like, your nose sucks. You should fix it. Like, or your yeah, boobs look terrible. Are- like, you should fix them. <laughs> like, I would never come up to somebody or think that that is remotely okay to comment publicly at somebody. Like, that's just 
that's just mean. Like, where's that cruelty coming from? Like, you don't, you don't need to do that. That's, yeah. I mean, <laughs> like, I, what do you stand Interestingly, I, I feel like my, so my particular little community is a little different in the sense that it started mainly as, like, NICU and NICU nurses. Mm-hmm. But I'm getting into that little realm of, like, it's starting to become not just that. And so it's a yeah. weird, it's a weird transition. Like, it's, you know, you start getting a little bit more of the comments and a little bit of that. So I'm, I'm having to put on a tough skin and, you mm-hmm. know, starting to learn the not so shiny side of it (laughs) yes yeah there's a very dark side to social media right unfortunately how Um, how has it changed your life do you feel like it's changed your life in any way or like massively um I again it goes back to you know I would get a lot of hate messages being like well yeah it must be nice to travel around the world and have all this stuff thrown at your feet and it's like well, if you had the same opportunity, you would take it too. Totally, hundred like, percent. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm just trying to to live my life and and I love that. enjoy it. And yeah. um, it definitely has changed monumentally. Um, from just from social media and gaining that uh that platform. But again, I just. I, it's, it's a form of self-expression. It's like things that are affecting me. I'm going to post about things that I care strongly about. I'm going to post about things that make me feel good. A picture I feel really pretty in, like I'm going to post it. Things that like quotes and stuff that I love, I'm, I'm going to post them. You know, it's, it's, (laughs) It's a it's a weird world. I mean, like I, I, I've thought about starting like other little secret accounts just to have something that I didn't feel like I had to curate. You know, especially during this pandemic. Like, there's I haven't wanted to post because like nothing felt authentic to post during this. Because I was like, well, I'm mad. Um, I'm angry that a bunch of you know, healthcare providers are dying. I'm mad that people are thinking this is a hoax. I'm mad that our president is suggesting like disinfectant and UV lights to cure this. And yeah, I'm I'm frustrated. Yeah, I would agree. And it's, yeah, it's, it's been a weird time. I mean, I feel like it's, I feel like I have to bite my tongue or I'm going to, you know, lose, lose followers or piss people off. And I, I'm a balanced person. I like to keep <laughs> I like to try I like to walk that line and try and not piss anybody off too much. So I'm kind of the same way. I do feel like it's hard because okay, so I agree with you. I have this feeling of um utter frustration and just disregard. I think the one thing that I, you probably agree with me on this one is the complete lack of attention from our president about the PPE directly. You know, when we're talking yes. about that. And telling people to liberate Michigan, liberate uh, North Carolina, you know, and it's like you're you're putting so much strain on an already strained profession by saying things like that. Yeah. And it's hard because I do feel like while, you know, it's hard to continue on, I do feel like I'm I'm really thankful for like the Sonia's and... Oh, I love Nurse Sonia. God bless that woman. 
oh my God, she's going to kill it. And I, you just did an episode with Nurse Tammy and I loved it where you spoke about, I, I think, you know, there is going to be some sort of revolution or hopefully change in what's going on right now. Because I do think that what frustrates me the most is that people were speaking out about this that had no education in the medical field and creating not only chaos, but misinformation. And I think it's, and also not bringing light to the most important thing, which is, to be honest, our PPE. Like, the fact that we don't have, I mean, I have to reuse a, a medical mask. I mean, that's crazy to me. Yeah. Um, and I am thankful to so many people who are on the social media world, like, you know, Nurse Sonia and I, Nurse Tammy too. I know that she went on it and Danielle, love heck, I love her. Um, just some really great people who are really highlighting that. I hope it makes some change. I hope it brings change because you and I, you and I both are very, I think, agreeing on this where a lot of hospitals politics and a lot of it is we're sort of nurses are really you you're put under a thumb, really. Um and oh, Dr. Lombardo, Danielle Lombardo, or Bellardo. Danielle, Bellardo. Okay, yes. Sorry, I'm reading Thank that. Thank you. Yes. Um, <laughs> if you're not her following too. her, like everyone. Her, her account is phenomenal. I've, go follow um, her. <laughs> I found her through. Um, it's Danielle Bellardo, MD. I found her through Nurse Tammy, and she is phenomenal. She is, she is above and beyond posting everything that needs to be said right now. So Yeah, yeah, she is. And I think that's really important. And I think that's part of what I love about this realm of social media and why I'm such a big advocate for it is for the people who are, you know, spreading the word and needing to get that information out. I mean, I do, I hope something changes after all this because Mm -hmm. for whatever reason, the PPE issue in the White House isn't as big of an issue as no the government is seizing masks coming in from other countries it's it, it drives or, me nuts. i'm like Ugh. or like the four whatever main suppliers here in america like they're not they're seizing these uh, seizing the masks and the equipment that we it's need insane. and it's not getting to people you know, and it's interesting. We're in such a weird time, too. Such a weird time. It's just like, you know, I mean, there's it's we're having providers who are completely saturated and overworked in EDs and ICUs and med surge mm-hmm. adult world. And then we have a whole nother sector of providers in clinics and ORs and your heart doc. That's another one that I've been following. He's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, Dr. Cedric. Um, he's a pulmonologist. Uh, I believe he's an attending in California who works in a COVID unit. And there's quite a few people that I've been turning to and, um, reach, you know, just really learning there's from. another one, Heartbeat Doctor, heart.beat.doctor too. She's phenomenal. I have been, um, her videos are so informative and, um, like even for like the lay person, like very understandable. Yeah, I love that. I think that's such a cool 
I don't know, just the whole social media side and learning from some of the most brilliant minds. And, you know, we're getting innovative, which I think healthcare needs. We need mm-hmm. we need to really come up with the times. Like, there's so much technology out there. You know, why are we thinking so old school? Like, why can't we start thinking outside the box more and pushing boundaries? And I hope that this really sparks that. And I think maybe it has a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, where we're kind of reinvigorating the whole healthcare system. I think so. I think so. And I think um, I'm going to speak back on Nurse Sonia here. I think she's really trying to champion that. She's, I mean, if anyone's not going to let like our problems and stuff in the healthcare field that have been going on for years, you know, since the beginning of time, um, well, since nurses, you know, Florence Nightingale, all that good stuff, um, it's her. Like, I mean, she, I've told her numerous times, I'm like, I think you need to run for. Congress. Con- yeah, um, totally. I think you need to run for governor. Beyond. I think you I think you need to do something like your She does. She's got that fire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she yeah. really does. Yeah. And I think we definitely need more um nursing uh representation in government. Yeah. Because I agree. things aren't just aren't going to change. Yeah. And if you guys are not following her everyone you should be um she she's an anesthesiologist right danny i think she's in school for it she i think she has one more year one more yeah year. and then she'll have her uh doctorate in anesthesia yeah Nurse she's anesthesia. fiery i love her fire and i love i do think um i know she and a couple other nurses really want to take this issue higher and i think that's what mm-hmm. needs to happen i really agree with that i mean you don't have yeah. to this isn't about politics at this point this is just this is about medicine. This is about protecting people. Yeah. It's about making a difference. And, you know, hopefully this never happens again. So as far as you at this moment, um, do you feel like, how are you handling, as far as social media is concerned, like, do you feel like there's moments where you need to shut off? Like, do you feel like there's this, I feel like there's this energy that it takes to be on all the time. Do you have that feeling of like, you know, you have to step away or how do you handle everything or balance it all? I try, well, before quarantine, I set timers on myself, Um, like on Instagram specifically, like it would go off if after I've spent like an hour and 15 minutes, you know, for the day, like an alert would go on. Um, And I was really trying to limit myself on how much screen time because it's just, you get in a, you get in a hole, you get in the comparison hole. And, um, so obviously right now during quarantine, there's not quite much else to do. So those (laughs) screen time alerts have been, um, removed. Um, but that was one thing that really helped me balance. And honestly, I'm trying to stick to not looking at my phone past like 10 o'clock. Um, because it's just not good for my brain. Like, I just I need agree. to shut it down. Yeah. Um, we've had so much screen time. Um, but I don't know. It's it's one of those things where I feel like – I don't like feeling like I have to post. And I feel like I have to post. Um, and I just don't always have something authentic to say. You know, like, right now I'm, I'm angry and I miss my friends. <laughs> so – I just I feel for for everybody right now. Um, but it's just it's a weird world. It's a weird time. But um my 
my hat goes off to people that are able to constantly curate um, focused, well thought out videos. And I just, I feel like I'm not as articulate as I wish I could be. Yeah, I, get too I, feel heated. Like, um, I feel that way too. And I feel like my content comes out better in like a writing format. I'm better able to articulate that way. I agree with you. It's like a weird, it's mm-hmm. kind of like draining, but then you can't get off of it because we're just wanting to see what's going on. It's like this weird time. Yeah. And I do feel like um, healthcare has somewhat of that taboo, like healthcare on social media. But Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. it's it's so like... <laughs> well, then you're... <laughs> Then people question, well, how busy are you? You're posting at work or you're posting a picture here. And it's like people don't know that, you know, photos, you know, if they're taken in the work setting are taken on a break. You know, they aren't like, oh, I'm about to like go into this delivery room, snap a picture of me real quick before I deliver this baby. You know, it's not like that's not it, but like that's a constant struggle. So I... I mean, I was always very careful. Like, I, I never posted hospital content, you know? I I mean, I think I did before I yeah, before was even, you like, were, on the yeah. show, mm-hmm. you know? But other than that, I was, I was very weary of it because... That is um, something that I think is interesting. Okay, so I, uh, I think it might have been an interview with you, actually, when you brought Katie on. And Katie was mm-hmm. saying... Katie Duke, for all of you who are listening, who don't know, go follow. (laughs) That's another one everyone's got to follow. She was saying that she strongly felt like there needs to be a presence on social media of a representation of healthcare providers, of like people who you see in yourself. Like you, there should be representation of that. And part of Mm -hmm. that is we work in the hospital setting. So I'm sorry, but if you're upset that there's a picture of someone like people want to see that they want to see the actual like what are you doing and an example of it and if we can't like we aren't neglecting patient care by taking a photo like these are not taken during care hours and I think people forget that like nurses need breaks and like we rarely ever take them and I think another thing that is really interesting so you know obviously all the TikToks that are out there and Mm -hmm. I think something that's been really funny has been this like sort of there is a huge double standard, I would say, for nurses versus doctors. And that's really coming to light where it's okay for certain people to post, but then nurses get sort of slapped on the wrist for posting, you know. And so it's interesting because there's a lot of like really polarizing feelings right now about it. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, it just shows that, I mean, it's it's a hierarchy thing, you know. Um, it's people who are complaining about that and being like, oh, well, nurses can't do them, but like doctors can. It's like, no, we're all a part of the same healthcare team. And like, that's what's being forgotten. Like for whatever reason, you know, nurses are still, you know, I think we can thank that one Senator for that. They're probably out playing cards. Like, no, (laughs) we're not playing cards. Like anything we do at work is for a patient, you know? Yes, you know, in NICU, we have Q3 hour feeds, you know, there might be like 
20 minutes <laughs> between our patients that we might just sit and chat with our friends for a second just to regroup, you know. Yeah. And but, I'm sorry, if and none of you have sat at your office and played Candy Crush, I refuse. I refuse to believe that, that <laughs> n- someone's not sitting at their desk, you know, looking at a YouTube for like, I mean, come on. In yeah. I don't know. I just think that there's such a double standard. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's interesting because I do think like breaking the mold and, you know, sort of being able to picture like or show what we do and also i'm sorry but to work in healthcare we all have a very sick sense of humor all of us do yes and yeah, we have to that's survival <laughs> that's just yes. straight up like i'm sorry but when you're working with some of the sickest and the most you see the worst in people you see the sickest in people we also see the greatest but yeah it's a lot of ups and downs and you have to be able to cope at some point <laughs> so. yeah yeah, and it's not stuff that you can like take home to, you know, your friends or like your partner or, or whatever that aren't in that area. You know, aren't medical. I mean, some people get it, but some people just don't, and it makes people uncomfortable. So you have to talk about it with your friends. You know, your people that like your work people. So, um, do you have any suggestions for aspiring healthcare providers or? like a good piece of advice for upcoming nurses, like anything you would want to, a little nugget you'd like to leave them. Let's do one for social media and then maybe one for an aspiring nurse. Do not post your patients or patient identifiers unless you have verbatim consent. Um, I have posted some um, and I've made sure to, to put in there that, you know, I have parental consent for this. Um, but even at that, some hospitals will will still get mad at you. So um, be careful with that. But kind of backpacking to what you were saying, like, especially with the NICU, people don't understand it. Like, people are like, oh, well, you guys just, like, sit in a rock babies. And it's like, um, no. Um, but I'm sorry, I can't show you what my ECMO set up in all of my drips and everything looks like. But, uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just hold babies all day. Yeah, it's like um, tubes and lines and monitors and vents and... Yeah. Yeah, it's not, pr- it's not pretty. It's and not actually, pretty. one website I do really like, I think it's called NICU Moms. I don't know if you follow that. It is curated um, by Sydney Ray Bass, and she um, had a NICU baby, um, but, like, that actually shows and she puts it on like other moms and stuff will send in pictures of like what it's like to actually have a NICU baby, you know, like what it looks like, what the different equipment looks like. And I feel like that's, that's okay. (laughs) But like as a, as a medical professional, we can't exactly sit there and post and take videos and show everything, you know, how tiny and, alien these these micros actually look you know it's just and I mean that in a nice way I mean alien in a nice way you, you know what I mean it's <laughs> I wasn't even phased by that that's the Nikki nurse in me I was yeah. like yeah yeah I agree yeah that's um, literally yeah I would agree with that great 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 piece of advice I'm yeah. 100% on that with that yep and for those that are not thinking about pursuing anything social media wise just going back to that like small level of fear, like it's, it's okay to have a small level of fear around things. Do not let it paralyze you, but let it, 
help change you. Let it help um, make you aware of what you don't know and be okay, be okay in that and be okay to ask. Yeah, always ask questions. I think that's a big one. Yeah, not being, especially in mm-hmm. in the tiniest setting, especially for future nurses, NICU nurses specifically, I think that's a huge thing. I mean, half the time you ask someone, mm-hmm. they probably don't know the answer to it. So you're going to find out together. And that could save a life, literally. Yeah. Are there Mm -hmm. any, um, I know we've kind of pointed out a few people on here as far as resources, but are there any like podcasts, Netflix um, resources for the audience that you want to, that you think would, they could get some value from? You mean like my podcast, The Woman? Ah! (laughs) Shameless plugs. I love it. Um, Yes. I think my podcast, The Woman, at The Woman on Instagram, um, available on all platforms. Yes, and she has brought on some of the most amazing women in healthcare. Oh, you're so sweet. I love it. It's fabulous. Um, I think that's a a really great resource just to even commiserate um, on, you know, similar situations, but also educational and learning um, more about the educational pathways that various doctors and nurses um, have to take. So... I love my podcast. Good, you should. <laughs> <laughs> um, I haven't watched it yet, but on Netflix, it keeps popping up the the baby documentary on there. I really want to watch. Ooh, I don't yeah. think I've seen that one yet. Ooh, okay, that sounds yeah. good. It's like I think it's supposed to be about, um, like how babies react, you know, to certain, you know stimuli and how they grow and I think it's kind of a little bit of a it might be like a NICU look I'm not sure yeah but yeah yeah yeah. I would love that I do feel like I'm surprised that there isn't more of like an in-depth documentary on NICU life I'm sure there will be one day but well maybe we can create one we should there you go there's our collab Mm -hmm. yep I think that's a great idea there should be I think that there should be something because that is kind of the irony is um when I'm going through a lot of the stuff that I'm doing, it's like parents don't realize that I feel like there's this feeling of like they're going through it alone or families feel like they're the only ones going through it. And, you know, they don't find these resources until after. And I feel like there should be a little bit more, there should definitely be more presence Mm -hmm. in the media or in this, in a tasteful way, of course, but to explain like everything that we're going through and that so many families go through it as well. So yeah. How many, uh, how big is your NICU? So uh, now it's up to like 70 beds, I think, oh, 80. Okay. I don't know. I think they're licensed. It um, Surgically, I think they're licensed for like 36 beds. You know, everything's a little different, but the total, yeah. it's like in the 75 range. Nice. Yeah. Um, we yeah, because at- yours, how big was yours? Yours was big as well. So in Wisconsin, it was, um, man, I l- left just after we opened up the step down unit and I think we're at like 60 40 or 60 beds and then um down in Nashville uh we had a 100 bed unit okay so did you I just going back to that did you work you worked in several NICUs I'm assuming or you worked in a couple uh yes so I worked in Wisconsin I worked in Nashville and then I also took a a travel assignment and worked at a NICU in Houston I was supposed to work, um, take an assignment at Rady Children's. Um, this is years oh, yeah. ago. In San Diego? Um, yeah. But it got uh, canceled. Like, they canceled me and, like, six other travelers, like, the day I got out there. And I was like, 
oh my god what am i gonna do so i went back to children's at the in wisconsin but oh yeah i feel you i feel like that's the traveler life right (laughs) yes 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 oh and you did a you did an episode with um nurse sarah right uh sarah Gaines. yes yeah she is phenomenal she is an amazing resource for anyone considering considering travel nursing she has courses and like I honest to God wish I would have had um, her and her knowledge base before I did my first travel assignment because I think it would have gone a lot better. Um, And my second assignment probably definitely (laughs) would have gone better if I had um, her knowledge base. Uh, So she has a bunch of courses and I totally, totally recommend. Check those out. Um, She is an absolutely incredible human and has so much knowledge so i think it's like sarahgains.com or sarah underscore gains yeah i think you're right g-a-i-n-s yeah sarah she's wonderful yeah and that's a great episode if you guys want to check that out as well so that's a really good resource for you guys (sighs) okay before we leave um girl you got to give yourself a shout out where can everyone find you Oh, well, everyone can um, find me personally at dmmaltby on Instagram. On Twitter, it's Danielle M. Maltby, and I'm still not verified on there. I don't know why Twitter doesn't like me, but it's fine. I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) I don't care. It's it's fine. It's fine. It's Um, fine. It's fine. It'll happen in time, right? It'll, yeah. Yeah. Got Twitter. Get with it. And then um, you can find me at the WOMED as well and on Twitter at the WOMED podcast. Uh, the WOMED is also on Facebook, so you can check that out there too. Amazing, amazing. Well, thank you so much for your time, Danny. I oh, you're so welcome. I really, really value your time and coming on and giving some inspiration and just, you know, I really appreciate it. All right. Thank you so much for listening. I truly value your time and look forward to bringing you more selfie shows. In order to support the show, please head over to rate and review the show. Let me know what you thought. I really want to hear from you. And I also have some exciting news. So we just started with some small selfie swag. So if you leave your Insta handle in the review, I will send over some of our super cute stickers and a selfie badge reel featuring Selena with our selfie icon. Be sure to be following us on our Insta at C-E-L-L-F-I-E underscore podcast. Make sure to hit that subscribe button. You can find all of our episodes on www.tipsfromtory.com and check out those show notes below. They have lots of information about our guests and sponsors. And thank you so much for listening. Catch you guys next time.